Welcome to Recovery Mic Drop, where we're dropping the mic on addiction and recovery. We are two women who have been through the highs and lows of addiction and came out on the other side with a wealth of experience, strength, and hope. We are here to share our stories along with those of other amazing people in recovery and offer a fresh perspective on what it means to live a sober life. So grab a seat, turn up the volume, and get ready for some raw, unfiltered, and inspiring conversation. Trigger warning, we will be discussing uncomfortable topics and using strong language without hesitation. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm Bridget. Hey, Heather, what did a spiritual awakening look like for you? That's a lot because everything about me changed. It really did. I I had a relationship with a God of my understanding. It was like the person that I knew and the world as I saw it was completely torn upside down because it was not the way I perceived things. And I wasn't who I thought I was. I actually enjoyed helping another person and not expecting anything in return. I found out that I was worthy of love and I learned how to love others as well. The list goes on and on, but ultimately I just became a person that I liked and enjoyed being around. I wasn't miserable. I wasn't hating life. And I found purpose. And that was the big one. Because forever I had walked around with no purpose, no direction, no love, no anything. And all of a sudden, I was a worthy human with something to offer, love to give, love to receive. My whole world became open and brighter And it was really just a magical experience. And I'm still going through it every day. You know, that's the purpose. But what about you? Yeah, I like that you said you're still going through it every day because I've had many spiritual awakenings on this journey. But my biggest one was realizing, I'll put it this way, I I kept getting punched in the face. And during my spiritual awakening, I realized it was my own hands. (laughs) And I was the one doing all this harm to myself. You know, I was harming other people around me. I was putting myself in these situations. And four, I was blaming the world, blaming other people, instead of taking accountability for myself and my actions and understanding that I had the power to change my life and I had the power to live differently. And so going through the steps helped me understand where I went wrong, where I could correct, how I could live differently, and how I could actually live a peaceful, joyful life and not just be so self-centered because that's what life is about is helping the next person and getting out of yourself. That's what we're all here for Mm -hmm. is to help each other. And these steps are what helped me gain that spiritual awakening. So today we are talking about step 10, 11, and 12, which are maintenance steps. So first, step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So the spiritual principle behind step 10 is perseverance. It means you don't give up on your recovery even when you face challenges or make mistakes. You continue to work on yourself and grow as a person. Step 10 is a maintenance step. It reminds us that our recovery requires ongoing effort and daily practices to help you stay sober long term. Step 10 is about being aware of your actions and their consequences. It also involves admitting when you are wrong and promptly making amends. By doing this, you prevent resentment, guilt, shame, and other negative emotions from building up. The purpose is to keep your spiritual house clean and maintain a healthy relationship with yourself, your higher power, and others. To work step 10, you need to do a daily or periodic review of your behavior, thoughts, and feelings. So this means you set aside time each day to meditate or review your day. Were you resentful, dishonest, or afraid, and what can you do better tomorrow? 
By doing these reviews regularly, you can identify any areas that need improvement and monitor your progress. You can recognize your strengths and appreciate your growth. And really, you know, the whole purpose of step 10, we call it a maintenance step, but it's to not let all that shit build up again. All the So we don't got to do a step four and a step five again. Hopefully, I know people do, and maybe one day I will as well. I've had to. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, in early recovery, we're going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. We're going to make mistakes, period, because we are human. But this helps me deal with those mistakes. So on a daily basis, when I'm rude or I'm impatient or whatever it may be, because there's a lot. I have a lot of, I make a lot of mistakes on a daily basis. But when I do, I can stop and I have a process. I can do like a quick spot check inventory. Do I need to make an amends for this? And oftentimes I do. And sometimes it's not even to another person. You know, I have to be patient with myself as well. So this allows me to just pause and consider what I'm doing. When I was first working step 10 and doing nightly inventories and you know, asking myself questions like, was I dishonest? Did it harm somebody? Was I self-centered? I realized that was hard to do in those moments because in early recovery, I was still really self-centered, still a lot of these things that I was working against. And I didn't want to write it down on paper because I wanted to hold on to that, that pride or that ego and point out what somebody else did to me. And I didn't want to write it down and face it. But that's how you build all these resentments and what leads to the step four because you're just stacking it up instead of addressing it in a moment when, when it could go away like that. And I, sh- and I did struggle with those nightly inventories. Today, it's easier to just be like, oops, I messed up. Okay, let's dress this real quick and move on with my life because I've seen what it does to me. And it is the number one offender. Yeah. And there's so much freedom in just admitting when you've made a mistake, you know, and so I don't have to let that stuff build up and keep me stuck anymore. We all make mistakes because we're human, but I can rectify it and I can let go of it. And that's really what this is. And that's why it's so important to be around people who are trying to better themselves Mm -hmm. and trying to take the next right action because you have people around you that will hold you accountable. You have people around you that will understand and not hold these grudges if you do mess up. So it's easier to to address. You know, but today, the little things aren't really, it it, it ain't nothing but a thing today Mm -hmm. when I'm doing a step 10. Because before I was so consumed with the drugs and the self-centeredness and I was foggy and the world revolved around me that I didn't want to ask myself, was I selfish? Was I dishonest? Was I these things? But today I will immediately do it because I do not want to be that person I used to be anymore. Well, now I'm not like you said, I'm not clouded. I can feel it when I am. I actually feel it in my, in my body, in my head, you know, in my emotions. I can feel that something's not quite right. And I feel like we all on some level, have like a collective conscience. You know, we know right from wrong. We're kind of just built with it. But we, you know, we brush it off to the side or we ignore it because we're driven by self, right? So we want what we want and we're not concerned with all the other stuff. And we have to bury all that crap so it doesn't get in the way of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And today, I don't have an ulterior motive. I'm not out willfully harming others and myself. So when I do make a mistake that could possibly harm me or another person, I can feel it and I can recognize it pretty quickly. So I want to I want to be that person that says, hey, you know, I messed up and I apologize because that's the type of people I want in my life. So I got to be that person, too, because 
that really is what it is. If I'm out there doing fuck shit, I'm going to be around those type of people. But if I want to grow along spiritual lines and be a good person, I want to be around those people. Yeah, I ended up having to do a second four step because I was a shit show in early recovery. I was harming people left and right. I was acting on my desires, you know, those impulses, what makes me feel good in the moment, not thinking about who stood in my way, who I was harming, doing exactly what I did in active addiction. And I did that in early the first year of early recovery. And I did end up having to do a force step. And I think that opened my eyes and I needed that because this is not Bridget's world and you are harming people. And when you do that, you're taking yourself away from God. You're in turn harming yourself, not just other people. You're harming yourself, you know, and if you just rewind a little bit, look where it led you. I think in early recovery for me, I was I was fragile, of course, but I was so scared when I got to step 10. I didn't want to fall back and I didn't want to have those feelings that I had when I first got sober. So I was apologizing for shit that I didn't need to apologize for. <laughs> you know, I was just, <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard more than once. I don't know why you're apologizing because <laughs> I just, I was so afraid to be the person that I was just learning how to get away from. And so any little thing that I felt a little iffy about, and I wasn't sure, so I questioned everything that I did or said, you know? So I would apologize for stuff that wasn't even a thing. But like you said, it's, you know, it's not a thing today. Make amends, keep it moving, and try not to, and try to learn from that mistake. And I think it's because once you have that spiritual awakening and you see the other side of the person that you used to be, you're like, damn, I was missing out. I will do anything to never go back there. Yeah. So step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So step 11 is about enhancing your connection with your higher power. It also involves seeking guidance and direction for your life. By doing this, you can gain clarity, wisdom, peace, and strength to face anything that may come your way. Step 11 is based on the principle of spiritual awareness. It means you open to the presence and influence of your higher power. You acknowledge that you are not alone on your journey and that you have a source of inspiration and support. To work step 11 is to practice prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation help you to communicate to your higher power and listen to your higher power's will for you. Meditation is the act of listening and being attentive to your higher power's messages. It is a physical and mental discipline that requires you to be still and observe. Meditation can help you quiet your mind, calm your emotions, focus your attention, and increase your awareness. By praying and meditating regularly, you can improve your conscious contact with your higher power and align yourself with his will for you. You can also receive personal revelation that can guide you in your life. We're getting to like all the good stuff. We worked through that baggage or we're working through it. And now it's like I have this relationship with the God of my understanding. And now I'm learning how to expand that relationship. I'm learning how to grow in it. I'm learning to be the person that God would have me be. And man, prayer and meditation, when I, when I neglect that part of my life, my daily life, I feel it and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not who I could be. I'm just, those defects come back. I'm negative. I'm irritated. Um, you know, I'm just, I have no patience. But when I do these things, when I take the time to stop and connect, I am a whole other person. And man, I, I just, I never knew, I never knew the power of prayer and meditation. I never knew it before because I never had faith 
before, but it it has changed and it's constantly changing because my relationship with God grows and it expands and it's just it's beautiful. It truly is. This is my favorite step because that I have to maintain prayer and meditation. I have to maintain that conscious contact with God because like you said, I will just slip back into that old person so fast. And anything that's going on in my life, it doesn't matter what it is. All I have to do is pray, connect with God, and it works out or it relieves the burden off of me to where I can move on and not stay stuck in the self-pity and the victim stance. I have these moments of clarity when I'm just alone praying to God and I'm meditating and I'm and I'm listening and I truly feel that you know God sends these messages or something he makes things kind of appear or evolve you know I'm not crazy I don't see things or I don't hear God speak to me you know it's just like this intuition that you start to you start to feel it and I've had a few moments of clarity and one was Everything I ever want or ever need is right here in this moment between me and God. I don't need anything else. All the stuff I get distracted by, all the stuff I want, it's not important. If I don't have this connection with God, all of it is for nothing. That came to me like three years in my (laughs) sobriety. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was not new to this. You know, I was three years sober when I started to realize this, because even though I had been working on this relationship, I would still, my ego was still very much a part of me, still is today. But my ego was still like, you know, look at what you've done. This is amazing. Look at who you are. I'm nothing without God, nothing at all. And I couldn't do this without God. I tried my entire life and always failed. And now I'm more aware. It's just, it's really just about opening yourself up to your higher power and being willing to take that direction when it's given because sometimes I don't like the answer. It's okay because I know whatever I think I need or want, my higher power has something unbelievable waiting for me that I don't even know about. And that's just been, that's been what I've learned so far. That's how it happens every time when you don't get what you want. It always works out better than you thought. And my relationship has changed and grown so much. And I feel the presence of God in everything that I do. I could be by myself and I'll crack up laughing because my my God thinks he's funny. <laughs> because I do stuff, you know, like maybe I'm self-centered or maybe I do something that's not God's will for me. And he shows me instantly because I ask him to help me to be closer to you. And when you pray for those things, things start to happen. But the moment that I go against them, or the moment I think that God is not answering to what Bridget wants, I slip back into the ego, back into the flesh, and I get miserable all over again. But like when I, today when I pray and I meditate and I actually have that connection and I let God in fully and I feel his love, I tear up because that's how powerful it is. It gives me cold chills. Yeah, I never knew anything like it existed, honestly. But now it's like I just have this awareness. And no matter what is going on, no matter what crazy things are happening around me or in the world, I can always find peace and love in those moments where I stop and I'm just with God. Because I know God is always with me, but I have to open up to that connection as well. Or I just go about my day doing shit that's not important (laughs) and getting stuck on it. So in, in those moments, that is when I'm my true self. And that is when I'm truly happy. 
Now, what I'm working on is taking that with me everywhere I go because I forget it. <laughs> you know, I forget that moment of stillness and that moment of clarity because I got to, you know, go to work or mom mode or whatever it is I have to do. So that's the practice, right? That's trying to keep that open communication and that awareness with you as you go about your day. And it is far easier said than done, at least for me. There's... um this spiritual teacher that I listen to sometimes, and he says something that I just love. I love this saying, and it's, he says, wherever you look, you see what you're looking for. If you're looking for God, you will see God. And I find that so true. And like today, I can see God in everything. I truly can. And it's, man, it's, it's, just, it's just a miracle, and it's a blessing, and it's beautiful, and I wish I could share it with everyone. But most people, when you start talking about God, they think you're crazy. And that's, the, that's where we are in today's society. A lot of people will. And, but that's okay, too, because you're entitled to your opinion. And it's crazy all the blessings and the love that we receive from God, but we can instantly just slip away from Him. And, you know, how you mentioned that you'll get distracted by your wants and desires and leave Him in the backside, you know, like... I try to remind myself, you once prayed for what you have right now. And I have to remind myself that all the time because I'm constantly one, wanting to reach a new goal or, you know, work on this right away. I'm constantly wanting to overcome or fight something instead of sometimes just enjoying what I prayed for a couple years ago. Like I have everything that I prayed for. Not one thing is missing that I didn't, you know what I mean, that I prayed for. And I have to remain grateful for that because when I'm grateful for what I have, I have it all. That's true. So... Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening of a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And this is the spiritual awakening that we've been working towards. You know, when I first got here, you know, you read the steps, you see them on the wall or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Not too hard, you know. <laughs> and I remember, and I've said this on this show, and I've said it many times in my life. I never understood why you would just be a good person. I thought it was exhausting. I couldn't understand it. And that is my spiritual awakening. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy just helping another human being in any way that I can, not expecting anything in return. It gives me a sense. I don't even know how to describe it. Almost like a high. It's, it's something I've never felt before because I can never be that person. So... This is the spiritual awakening we've been talking about. It all leads up to this right here, helping another human being and not expecting anything in return. The spiritual principle behind this step is service. It means we are willing to give back what was so freely given to us. It's about sharing our experience, strength, and hope with those who still suffer from addiction and practicing these principles in all our affairs. To work step 12, you practice the lessons and skills you have learned from the previous steps and apply them to your daily life. And by doing these things, we express our gratitude for our recovery and our higher power. So what I've learned about me is that I am the best version of myself when I'm helping someone. It doesn't, I don't get any better than that. When I'm out of myself and I'm engaged and I'm committed to helping someone, that's as good as it gets. It really is. It's amazing because I never, I could never be that person before. I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to do it. And, you know, we talk about gratitude. This is, you know, gratitude is an action word. This is how we show it. I like that you said gratitude is an action word. And I never understood that at first, but someone explained it as, you go over to someone's house, they're making a meal. If you're thankful, you say thank you. Mm -hmm. But if you're grateful, 
you get up and do the dishes. Mm, I like that. I've never heard that before. So everything that I'm grateful for for today in my life, you know, the relationships that I have, God, my son, a bed to sleep on, what action can I take for being grateful for those things? I could keep those relationships healthy and communicate, be present with my son, do the next right thing and make sure my bills are paid. And it's just those little things that you do to show the gratitude for the things that you have in life. So I've learned something in my journey so far. The person I want to be is closer to God. And the farther the distance is between who I truly am, like right now today, and that person close to God, the farther that distance is, the worse off I am. I'm just I'm irritated. I'm impatient. I'm angry. I'm sad, depressed. But the closer I become to that person, the happier I am. I feel real joy. I have more patience. I have more love for myself as well. So that's how I try to keep it simple because, you know, I complicate everything. So I just try to become every day, try to wake up and try to be closer to that person God would have me be because I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it perfect, but I try. That's, That's really all we can do. Try to get closer to God and I can try to be that person. It's a journey, so I'm constantly every day just trying to get closer to that person is where, where I'm trying to go with this shit. <laughs> like every day, I'm trying to get closer to that version of myself versus who I truly am. And some days I have really good days, and some days I don't. But like I said, tomorrow I'll get up and try again. I think that's important when you do mess up or you do fall short of praying and meditating or helping the next person that you don't just immediately take 10 steps back. And you just get back up and try again. Because like I've said, I'll be hard on myself. Be like, there's no freaking point in living this way. Yeah. (laughs) But that's me acting in self-pity again. I worked in recovery for a few years. And I told myself I never would. But I ended up getting laid off of one of my jobs. I ended up going to work in recovery. And I loved it at first. Because I was getting to help people for my job. It was so fulfilling. I didn't hate getting up to go to work. Because I knew that I was serving a purpose there. You know, but eventually I became cynical because a lot of people don't accept the help. And it was ticking me off because I have solutions for you. And, you know, people don't listen. People are still sick. People haven't hit their bottom yet. But it made me so cynical that I didn't want to sponsor anybody. Finally, I left the job because I realized what it was doing to me emotionally and mentally. But I noticed as soon as I left there, I didn't keep in contact with anybody that I truly care. How, you know, how are you doing? I wanted to check in with him, but I got so cynical and shut off from helping the next addict because of that job. We had a similar experience. I know that in the beginning, I just loved it. You know, I love getting to to help people. I, I love to getting to know them and, you know, being a source of comfort and positivity, urging people to do better. It was really great in the beginning and that can get it can it can get tiring and it can wear on you. And I'll be honest, after losing a few people, not necessarily in my job, but just from this disease alone, it's made it difficult for me. And I've been struggling with opening myself up again, too. I want to help others, but it's scary at the same time because, you know, you invest a lot of love and time and sometimes it, it doesn't work out or sometimes people die. I mean, that's the reality of this disease. People die. At the end of the day, if people fail, they don't just lose, you know, time and a job and they might be homeless. They lose their lives. It's a lot to take on. Comes back to how am I? Am I spiritually fit? Am I connected to God? 
because that's what it all comes down to because all this stuff is going to happen whether I'm there for it or not. I think that's what pissed me off about it, though, is because I wanted to bash people's head against the wall because you're killing yourself. Why don't you just listen to what I have to say and shut up? <laughs> right. And then I remember how I was. Yeah. Oh, and you couldn't I, tell me you nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing, you know, and I'm... <laughs> Yeah, you but, just didn't want me to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. But I got really cynical over it. Like, I'm still coming down off of it. Yeah. Like, I got that compassion fatigue. And it was a real struggle of, like, getting out of myself after that. Because I was so closed off after I left that job. Like I said, didn't keep in contact with anybody. And that's why that's how this whole thing started. Because mm-hmm. we went and helped people in the community. Because we didn't feel like we had a purpose anymore. And now we started this podcast. And something I've learned, like... Yes, of course, I want to help other addicts and share my experience, strength, and hope. But I don't have to put myself in the middle anymore. I don't have to be Captain save I learned that a long time ago, but I don't have to necessarily put my full heart into it. I just have to share the message. And I can help people that are not addicts. And I can get out of myself oh, yeah. that way. And it feels good just to be a good person. I was listening to this other podcast the other day. I can't remember what it was called. And this guy was sharing how... When he was younger and he would open the door for somebody, his mom, for two weeks after that, would be like, that was amazing. That was awesome. So he said it ingrained in him that it that was the most loving and beautiful thing that you can ever do in your life mm-hmm. is helping somebody else, no yeah. matter how small or big it is. And she didn't give him like the satisfaction of anything else he did, but when he opened doors for people or when he did small acts of kindness. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm going to do that with my son. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Like, um, literally, you know. But I just know today, God wants me to help the next person. And people will be put in front of me all the time, and I have a choice. And there is a voice telling me, get out of yourself. Every day, all the time. And I just have to listen to it, because it does feel good. And to be honest, you know, there's a lot of times, my first thought, I don't want to do it. I want to stay comfortable. I don't want to get out of self for whatever reason. But I do it because I know it's right, and I end up feeling amazing and getting that much closer to God. And that's really what it boils down to is that whenever I get out of myself and help another person, and like you said, it can be anyone, I feel closer to God. And that is the ultimate purpose for me anyway. It's just an amazing way to live. And it, I mean, it's magical. This is the key to life. It really is. Amen. On that note. <laughs> so we want to thank you for listening today. We hope you found it helpful or inspiring. For anyone struggling in their recovery or in addiction, please know that you are not alone. You have the power to overcome and live a happy, healthy, and sober life. You just need to take it one day at a time and one step at a time. We believe in you. And if you want to share some inspiration, get a shout out, please email us at recoverymicdrop at gmail.com. We'd love to see before and after pictures or any stories of inspiration. They could be funny as well. And give us a follow on Facebook at Recovery Mic Drop. And if you found this episode valuable or relatable, please rate the podcast. By doing so, it helps us reach other people who could benefit from our conversations. Peace, guys. Bye.